mistakes come today there's no reason to wait
So this is going to be our special January 3rd, um, decided on Saturday afternoon late that uh, we're going totally online. Um, most of us at the most of us at the church have been uh, exposed uh, to people who were active COVID carriers, and um, we just didn't think it was wise for us to not not knowing what's going on. Um, one of our pastors getting rapid tests uh, early Sunday morning, another one in quarantine, another, you know, so, um, you know, if we're uh, carrying that around, we don't want to be spitting it all over you. So um, that's what we're doing this morning. And um, so uh, <laughs> who knows? It's COVID. Uh, we said from the beginning, COVID one day at a time, but we'll just keep, we're just going to keep serving the Lord. We're just going to keep loving God and, um, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing year. We're going to reach a lot of people for Jesus Christ. We're going to disciple a lot of people. So uh thanks for being patient. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for being family together. Um you know, it's uh it's an exciting time to be alive. You know, the Lord's really doing something. So uh so bless you, bless you, bless you. <laughs> Talk to you later. See you soon. God, I'm begging, please, again, I need you, oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads, water for my thirsty soul, I need you, oh, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. Like the sound of a symphony to my ears is like holy water on my skin. Dead man walking, slave to sin. Wanna know about being born again? I need you. Oh, I need you. Take me to the riverside. Take me under baptized. I need you. Oh, I need you. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. Sound of a symphony to my ears, like holy water on my skin. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. 
God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. forgiveness it's like sweet sweet honey on my lips like the sound of a symphony to my ears like holy water your forgiveness Like holy water on my skin is like holy water fullness of eternal promise. Stirring in your sons and daughters Earth revealing heaven's wonders Spirit come, Spirit come What you spoke is now unfolding Your children shall be haunted Dreams awaken in this moment Spirit come, Spirit come Pour it out, let your love Let your love run over here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Now the world awaits your presence, and this power is within us. We will rise to be your Spirit come, Spirit come, pour it out, let your love run over, here and now, let your glory fill this house, pour it out, let your love run
testifying of the sun one desire spirit come spirit come speak revival prophesy like it is done one desire spirit come spirit come tongues of fire testifying of the sun one desire spirit come spirit come speak revival prophesy Here we go. We are <laughs> here. We are back, back in my study again. What's going on? <laughs> hey, listen. This week, um, all almost all, not all, but almost all of our essential staff uh, came in direct contact with people that ended up testing positive to COVID nineteen. We still have a pastor um, who's out with COVID-19 that tested a couple of weeks ago and he was positive and went back to get another test. He's still positive. We had another pastor go into quarantine on Saturday and another guy, um, another pastor who went and got a test. He was hoping to get the rapid test, but didn't get the rapid one. So he'll have to wait a few days, see what's going on with him. So, like we said, we used to have a sign on the nursery that said, if you have a kid that has sniffles, you know, maybe you might want to be kind and not bring the kid with sniffles into the nursery. So, if we've had people breathing COVID on us, <laughs> we thought it probably wasn't a good idea this weekend to um, be breathing on people. So, you know, we'll get back to doing things, um, you know, in a whole variety of ways. But... Uh, you know, the Lord is leading us and the Lord is testing us and the Lord is uh, doing great things. So we're very confident about the year 2021, what it's going to bring forth, the amount of people that are coming to Christ. We, we bought a new web domain, a redirect, so you can use, you know, different 
addresses to give to our website, which is Calvary Chapel 316. But we bought lostarefound.com and we bought the lost are found 2021 because we believe that every year, including this every week, uh, we believe that people are going to come to Christ every week, every week. So that's our prayer. So join us in that prayer. And so God, we pray now that every week in 2021, people would come to know you every week, Lord. And then we'd be able to make disciples out of them. They'd be strong and they'd bring along their friends and their families and people that they know. And thank you for these days that we live in, how strange and unusual they are. And thank you for your word, Lord, that you've given to us and the hope that you've given to us and the prophecies that you've given to us with the assurance of what's going to happen in the future. So open our eyes as we look at those things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've actually been looking at um, the end of the world in the words of Jesus. <laughs> so we've been looking at Matthew 24. And uh, last week, if you were with us, we got up to verse 14 in Matthew 24. So I don't know if we're going to get to the end. We really want to, but uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. There's uh, you know, 51 verses, and we only did 14 in a week. So I don't know if we're going to do three times as much right now, but we're going to try. So we're going to talk about what is prophecy, and prophecy is telling the end from the beginning. It's not a prediction. It's a proclamation. It's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. It's going to happen. God proclaimed it, so it's going to happen. It's, it's the revealing of God's plan and God's purpose. And so Jesus is prophesying here in um, Matthew 24, telling us what's going on. Uh, and he's going to talk to us about um, dying, <laughs> and then he's going to talk to us about the new heavens and the new earth and the things that are going to happen before his coming because there will be some people living on the planet just previous to his coming. And a lot of people think that maybe right now we're living in that time preceding the immediate return of Jesus Christ. You know, he can come at any moment and take his people. He can come at any moment. He can come at any moment. So uh, it started with the beginning of Matthew with Jesus and his disciples being in the city of Jerusalem. And his disciples looking at the buildings, and they thought how magnificent these buildings were, the temple. And Jesus said, I tell you, um, every stone will come down on another one. And they were like, what's he talking about? The temple is going to come down? What is he talking about? So they asked three questions, and it really was, when will the temple be destroyed? What will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? And Jesus told them a number of things. We looked at them last week. We looked at false Christs and false messiahs and the proliferation of cults. We looked at wars and rumors of wars and nations rising against nations. Um, we looked at persecution and worldwide persecution, the, the worldwide spread of the gospel, the love of many growing cold that will happen preceding the return of Christ, that we'll be living on a planet where it's hard to find love, where, where people are cold, where their hearts are hard. Well, now that brings us to verse 15, where we dropped off. And get a Bible. So um, if you need to go get a Bible, please get a Bible because I don't have um, slides. I don't have pictures. I don't have pictures of the stones from the temple coming down. I don't have, I don't have any of that. We, we really just found out late on Saturday <laughs> that we would only, only be doing it online. So we're really not prepared. But 
But the Bible says to be prepared in season and out of season. And all we really need is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and being together. And we're together right now. I, I enjoy being together with you like this. It works out fine. <laughs> so um, anyway, so here we are. So in verse 15, it says, so when you, speaking to his disciples, presumably, right, uh, went to the disciples in ages to come. So when you see standing in the holy place, now the holy place is going to be for them, them who are in the hearing of Jesus, they're going to understand the holy place as being the temple that was built there in Jerusalem in the first century um, that they were looking at. Well, it was built much before that. Solomon had built it. Uh, his father David wanted to, and then, you know, it was desecrated and they went to Babylon and they came back and they started another temple. And then, then King Herod, he adds onto it for years and years and years. So talking about the temple, he said, when you see standing in the holy place in the temple in Jerusalem, the abomination that causes desolation, hmm, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, oh boy, it's complicated. Because when you see the abomination that causes desolation standing in the temple that Daniel talked about, it says, let the reader understand. So that must be an editorial note. Whoever um, was penning the words of Jesus here, Matthew, I mean, saying, you know, let the reader understand. It's a little complicated. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one go to the housetop to take anything out of his house. Let no one go into the field to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight won't take place in the winter or on the Sabbath, for there'll be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, until Jesus' day, nor ever to be equaled again. So Jesus is talking about a time that's coming upon the earth to try the earth, according to the book of Revelation, a period that's known as the Great Tribulation, where there's going to be disaster overtaking the world like nobody has ever seen before. Nobody has ever seen it like this before. And so Jesus is speaking of that. And so the first sign that he's speaking of is the sign of the abomination of desolation. Uh, what does this mean and what does Daniel have to do with it? Well, Daniel's an exile prophet in the, in the sixth century. Um, his prophecies, Daniel's prophecies, refer to Jerusalem, the future of Israel, and the coming of the Messiah. So Daniel's prophecies revolve around three things, the city of Jerusalem, uh, the coming of the Messiah, and the future of Israel. So, okay, um, coming of Messiah, Jesus, uh, future of Israel. And then Daniel really goes all the way out to the end of time. But it's all revolving around Israel, Jerusalem, the Messiah. Um, you can go back and you can read the prophecies in Daniel, Daniel 9.27, Daniel 11.31, Daniel 12.11. Uh, and these seem to have multiple fulfillments, that in 163 AD, there seems to be a fulfillment with Antichrist Epiphanes, who um, that's the holiday that ends up being called Hanukkah, where he goes in and he desecrates the temple and the, the Maccabean brothers go in there and they cleanse it and they don't have enough oil in the lamps and it's the miracle of the oil that they, they have enough oil to clean the temple. Well, it seemed to happen then when he went in and desecrated it. Another desecration would have come in the year 70 when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed and the Jewish people were scattered throughout the whole earth, never to come back to Israel again, ever. They were scattered. 
They weren't supposed to ever come back. And it can refer to some future event, future to when we're living in now. So Antichonus Epiphanes, he sacrificed a pig to Zeus on the altar, Jerusalem in the time of Jesus. Well, Jerusalem in the time of Jesus happened exactly like Jesus said. Um, no stone was left upon another. It said that during the siege, the, the siege of Jerusalem, um, that a drunken soldier burnt the temple down with a torch by accident. Um, and many residents were hiding in the temple because of the, the, the uh, of its strength at the time of the fire. And so the Jewish Christians had fled the city across the Jordan because of Jesus' warnings, but there's still a lot of them left there. And all of these descriptions that we're reading here on the rooftops, the Sabbath, uh, Joseph saw uh, this as being the fulfillment of Daniel, uh, the literal nature of the fulfillment of these events. Uh, waiting for another fulfillment of these events in the end times. So some future event, it will happen. Uh, let's keep reading. Because verse 21 says, for then there'll be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. So this is known as the great tribulation. It's coming, it's coming. Um, the story of the church through the ages has been that the church has always experienced tribulation. The church has always experienced trial. The church has always experienced difficulty, always experienced distress. But, but Jesus is talking about a time that's been unlike any other time and never will be like any other time again. Jesus talks about this in Revelation 3 when he says, since you have kept my command, meaning church is people, since you've, since you've kept my command, and you have endured patiently, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is to come upon the whole earth to test those on the earth. Jesus is making a promise to believers there that he will protect them or remove them. See, depending on how you read it, people read it different ways. Some people say that we will be protected through the tribulation. Other people say, no, 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 no. We'll be raptured. We'll be taken before the tribulation. So I just wanted to know that you know people say that a couple of different ways. Now I I lean towards, and I'm convinced, um, but who knows really because everybody thought they understood Jesus' first coming, but but I, I lean towards the the rapture view, um, and I lean towards the view that Jesus will remove us from from this. He'll protect us from it by removing it. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't want to get into them right now because it's too complicated, but it has to do mostly with Jesus dealing with the nation of Israel. But, but this particular time that's coming, and we might be right on top of it. You know, COVID has caused a lot of people to think about the end time events and to think about these things that are going on. So um, the, the, this period is one of the most prophes prophesied periods of time in the entire scripture the days of God's wrath and vengeance preceding his return to set up his eternal kingdom. You know, the whole book of Revelation seems to be pointing to this particular time that Jesus is talking about here. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. When Jesus makes this prophecy that this guy will come in, now this guy that comes in to the temple, we know in the book of Thessalonians and other places that he declares himself to be God. He's the person that's known as the Antichrist. He's against Christ. Uh, the, the problem is that he's coming into a temple, but in the year 70, that temple was destroyed. 
So there was no temple. So there was no place for this character, this Antichrist character, to come into the temple. Other problem is that it happens in the land of Israel with God's people, with the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. Problem is that in the year 70, those people were scattered all over the earth because of the persecution, and they lost their homeland. They lost their country. <laughs> they were gone. They had no country. You roll around the year 100, they have no country. There's no Jewish people. There's not their country. You roll around the year 200, it's not their country, they're not there. Well, let's jump to 300, it's not their country, they're not there, they're not there, they're everywhere but there. 500, everywhere but there, they're all over the planet. Year 1000, they're, they're all over the place, they're gone. They don't have that country, it's not their place, it's not their land anymore. Well, God sees it as theirs, but, but they're not there. Something amazing happens in the year 1948, uh, May 15th, May 15th, 1948, they raised an Israeli flag and they became a nation again. It's a miracle. The, the, it's a, the miracle of the 20th century is the regathering of Israel from all over the earth, from the four winds. And you can read about it in the scripture, talking about this regathering, that God would, would regather them. Well, he had to regather them into the land in order for the prophecies to be fulfilled. Now, he could have done that any time throughout history that he wanted to. But he did it May 15, 1948, which led a lot of people, if you were living in 1948 and you were a Bible student, you were excited because you see, you know, Israel's back in the land. The prophecies are beginning to be fulfilled. And then they, in 1967, they take the capital of Jerusalem. You know, so that's theirs again. So pretty amazing stuff that the miracle of them coming back into the land, and now they're talking about building a temple right there where the original one stood, or maybe where it stood. There's a lot of science about that and a lot of people trying to figure out really where that temple goes. But this is a miracle that, that right now in our day, in this period of COVID, uh, this Antichrist could go into a restructured temple. Now, maybe the temple is going to be big. Maybe it's just going to be a little tent. You know, who knows what it's going to be? Um, supposedly, it'll be a rebuilt one, and it seems to indicate that in the scripture, but what exactly does it need to look like in order for him to do that? So, in this day that we're living in now, completely possible for just the Antichrist to go into that place, to go up to that place, declare himself to be, declare himself to be God. And so prior to that, Jesus gave us, again, all of those other descriptions of the things that would be going on, the false Christ, the, the deception, the wars, the global alliances, the famines, the persecution, the apostasy, um, love growing cold, the gospel preached everywhere. Um, let's read on. If those days had not been cut short in verse 22, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, it'll be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, he's here, the Messiah is here, um, don't believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you this ahead of time. So he goes on and he says, you know, if anybody tells you he's there, you know, don't go. And then he goes on and talks about all of these signs, these signs in the sky that will be happening right prior, you know, to the return of Jesus Christ when he comes back. So again, you know, the the tribulation and the rapture and the rapture and the tribulation, you know, however you're doing the chronology there. And, and, and then these events where right before he comes back, you know, it's just unraveling. Everything's unraveling. 
Well, in verse 32, he says, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its figs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, even so, when you see all of these things, you know that it's near right at the door. Truly, I tell you that this generation, that could mean people, could be a time frame. Truly, I tell you that this generation certainly will not pass until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never, ever pass away. So amazingly enough, in the 20th century, Israel is living in the land. So here they are. The history of Zionism is pretty interesting, the history of the the regathering of Israel. It started right prior to the, the 20th century. There was a guy, his name was Theodore Herzl, and he wanted to gather all the people, all the Jewish people from all over the planet and bring them back into their homeland. The thing that really got the, the movement going was the Holocaust, when, when they realized that nobody was going to protect them anywhere on the planet. And if they were going to get any protection, they needed their own homeland. And they ended up going back into Israel and raising that flag in 1948. And there was all kinds of intrigue and all kinds of conferences and all kinds of alliances and all kinds of promises and just crazy stuff going on. But they ended up hoisting that flag up there and became a nation on May 15th, 1948. So what can you learn from the fig tree? Well, um, they're in the Mount of Olives and the buds came late and many trees have them year round. Um, But you can't hurry the natural process either. You have to wait. (laughs) <laughs> and so the seasons could be interpreted as looking at the leaves, just like we do in the, just like we do in the spring. But as you go on, you see Jesus is talking about the certainty of these events. Know that these things will happen. Just like he said that the, all of the stones would come down in the temple, so it is that all of these events are going to happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the words of Jesus concerning the end will never pass away. You see, the scriptures were fulfilled in the Old Testament and are evident, evidence of Jesus' coming, and the remainder of the prophecies are going to be fulfilled. Uh, some of the prophecies concerning Jesus Christ in the first century um, are also, you know, these prophecies concerning the second coming. Daniel chapter 9 wraps up the first coming and the second coming together. It talks about the suddenness of his coming, the suddenness of his coming. But what we want to look at here is a strange phrase that Jesus points out. Verse 36, Jesus says, But about that day or hour, nobody knows it, not the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So if you think you know, you don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, people think they know. You don't, you don't know. Nobody, know. nobody knows. But we may not know the day or the hour, but we might know the times and the seasons, you see. We might know the times and the seasons. We might be able to look at some things and say, hmm. Seems like it's the season. I don't know the day, but uh, I do know the season. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two will be in a field, one will be taken, the other left, two women. Uh, uh, will be grinding in the handmill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, watch, because you don't know, you don't know at what day the Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known 
at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. He would not have left his house and let it be broken into. So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour you don't expect. it. So he is coming back. And he's going to come back as it was in the days of Noah. Uh, the main point that Jesus is pointing out is that uh, his return would be like the days of Noah and alluding to how people are going about everyday life. And so people are going about everyday life and, you know, you go about everyday life and you don't know that this isn't the last moment of your life. You don't know that you're going to step in front of a car. That's going to be it. You don't know that you're going to slip on a banana peel. You don't know that, you know, you're going to choke on a chicken bone. I mean, you don't, you don't know. Uh, but what was daily life like in Noah's day? And are we repeating those patterns? There are some characteristics about Noah's day that are very similar to our own. And the first one is, as you go back into Genesis 6, you find that there was a population explosion going on. But we're in the same pattern. It took from Adam to 1850 to get the first 1 billion people on the planet. Billion people, that's a lot of people. And so you go all the way from Adam, you go all the way to 1850, you get the first billion. Um, in, one, in 100 years after that, right around the time that I was born, not exactly a little bit after that, but 100 years later, you, you, you get to the next billion. Um, since, since the 1950s, you know, it's, it's up to seven and a half, you know, eight billion people. Amazing. We're in this population explosion right now. 1850 to get the first billion. And now we've got, what, you know, six or seven billion more since then? You know, in 170 years? Wow. We are in the midst of population explosion. And there's evidence that in Noah's day, there were all of these abnormal sex practices going on and mixing up spiritual life and demons and demonic things. And, well, you know, we're also living in this sex-saturated society just full of like just sex saturation. And while much of what's happening today isn't new, you couldn't say it's new, um, the availability and opportunity are unprecedented. Uh, you know, what do they say that new news is old news happening to new people? <laughs> you know, there's no new thing under the sun. And it tells us that in Noah's day, that the imagination of everyone was continually evil. They were just coming up with all of these things that had these just evil things. And so we're living in this day where we're seeing just the proliferation of the imagination of the mind, the terrible, wicked things that people are doing. And we're living in a time where we now have tools to assault the imagination like never before. That's like it was like in the days of Noah. Our intellect is being seduced by imagination. We're becoming a generation that thinks with its eyes and listens with its feelings. You see, we're getting messed up here. Um, in Noah's day, when you go back to Genesis, it says violence filled the earth. Violence filled the earth. And, you know, we're living in a time of increasing violence. This year has been an amazing year for, you know, the increase of violence. Uh, so much so that people don't even pay attention to it anymore. There's violence. And there's violence all around the planet. Uh, and we're living in a day of violence and violent images. And the violent images will lead to increased violence. Adults, take notice of that. Often adults think that watching violent images is okay because it seems to have little effect on them 
and maybe they're right on that part. You know, you're older and it's not having too much of an effect on you. But it, but it definitely has an effect on children and impressionable minds. Impressionable minds. The, the way that children are being desensitized. Adults are being desensitized too, but children more so. Exposure to violence, exposure to pornography, you know, can disturb a, a child's sleep patterns, can disturb the whole flow of their life. And they affect the way that they interact with their peers and can cause fear. What kind of world is that to live in? Well, that's the world that we're moving towards. And our methods of violence continue to be more sophisticated, more clinical, more scientific, more subdued. Um, even in war, this is true. You know, we started using chemical weapons and now we have neutron bombs which can spare the real estate but take the lives. <laughs> Let's keep the buildings, you know, nice buildings. They get rid of the people. Well, in, in Noah's time, they, they were living in a time immediately preceding the judgment of God on a worldwide scale. And God's heart of compassion is broken by the shedding of innocent blood. Uh, and, and the coming judgment will be upon those who reject the blood of his son. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. So um, what should we be doing? Well, you know, Jesus, you know, he tells you to, to not be alarmed. And he tells you to always be watching. Always be waiting. You know, this is the idea of being awake, being alert, being on your guard, being wise. Well, you know, in COVID, you know, we need to be pretty wise how we're going to live. What's, what's going on around us? Daniel, who said in the 6th century BC that in the end times, knowledge and travel would increase. Well, that's the time we're living in, knowledge and travel increasing. Man, I my phone, you know, I can... Uh, you know, there's, 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 there's nothing I can't find on my phone. I get any information I want. I have all the, you know, the, the historical libraries of the world on my, on my phone. And travel, I could travel anywhere. But, but Daniel says that the wise ones will win souls. Will win souls. We need to be winning souls in the midst of this COVID, in the midst of this 2021. You know, maybe we're staring down the, the barrel right now of the judgment of God. You know, why shouldn't a judgment of God come upon us? You know, we've been the greatest exporter of pornography for decades now. You know, the, you know, the, the way that we treat children, the way that we treat each other, the way that we, um, uh, I got to get rid of that there. Hold on. <laughs> the way, the way that we treat each other, the, you know, the, the, the abortions that have, that have happened, you know, a number of innocent lives that have been taken. So, so be warned and be ready be, because being forewarned is being forearmed. And we don't know when he'll come, so we stay steady. We stay, we stay ready. Um, you know, at, the, at, the, gar, at the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, when they switch, when they, when they change the guard, they say orders remain unchanged. <laughs> and so some things never change, you know, orders remain unchanged. Well, I want to talk about this Antichrist just for a little bit. This guy, I'll try to close it up with him. This guy, the Antichrist, uh, Mr. 666. Um, outside of Jesus Christ, there's probably no figure that has so gripped the imagination of so many people. Um, in religious literature, speculative theories, popular music, media, you know, 666. 
Well, his career, personality, characteristics are found all throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, found in Judaism, Catholicism, Evangelical, Fundamental Christianity. Anti means against or in place of. And so this guy that comes into that temple, could happen any time, this guy that comes into this temple, he's going to be a universal political, universal material, yeah, material, universal military, universal governmental, universal economic leader. So politics, military, government, economy, this guy's it. One world leader, one world government. So a lot of people find that a little hard to believe, a little hard to imagine. But you don't, you don't have to find it too hard to imagine when you're looking at, um, you know, the kinds of things that are happening in COVID. So, you know, don't, don't hear me as in read all of these things in there. It just, it just points out the possibility that, um, you know, we are now at the place where if we want to shut down the world, we could shut down the world. Uh, we are now at the place where in, in a crisis, in a crisis, uh, we, we like to listen to authoritative voices. We like to listen to somebody that can tell us what's going on and somebody that can get us out of this. So if the crisis is bad enough, and if communication is possible enough, and, and if it's been done before, it's not hard to imagine one personality that's controlling the world during crisis. So, so this guy, he's going to be a political leader. He's going to demand that you know, everybody follow his way. He's going to you know, bring peace to the earth or whatever needs to happen to the earth. Uh, the militaries of the world you know, will be giving their powers over to him. Governmental economic. It says, you know, you won't be able to buy or sell unless you get his mark. So um, reviewing his career and he's, you know, the Antichrist or against Christ, the false Christ. Um, you know, of course, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's the instead of Christ. Uh, so uh, it's, it says in Galatians that Jesus was revealed in the fullness of time. It says in Second Thessalonians that the Antichrist will be revealed in his time. Uh, in 1 Timothy 2.5, it says the man, Jesus Christ. In 2 Thessalonians 2, he's called the man. <laughs> he's also more than Jesus is more than a man. And this Antichrist, uh, he also is more than a man. Um, Jesus makes a covenant with Israel. Jeremiah 31.31, I will make a covenant with Israel. Well, the Antichrist, he makes a covenant with Israel. Daniel talks about it in chapter 9. Uh, Jesus works miracles. Well, the Antichrist and his minions, you know, they work miracles, false miracles, according to Thessalonians. Um, Jesus, for the most part, you know, his ministry on earth, you know, lasts about three and a half years. Well, this guy, his public ministry lasts about three and a half years. Um, Jesus rides on a white horse. Uh, this guy, he's apparently rides out on the white horse in the book of Revelation. Jesus brings peace. This guy brings peace. Brings peace at a time that the world wants peace. Jesus brings a different kind of peace to everybody, everywhere. Jesus is referred to as that which was and that which is and that which is to come. And in Revelation, this guy is referred to as that which was and is not and shall, and shall descend from the bottomless pit. So uh, these same set of designations turned around, twisted around. Uh, 
the followers of the lamb have a mark in the book of revelation well the followers of the beast they also have a mark um jesus is called a man of sorrows in isaiah uh, this guy's called a man of sin uh, jesus is called the son of god this guy's called the son of perdition jesus is called the lamb this guy's called the beast jesus is called the holy one this guy's called the wicked one jesus you know 888 might be his name. This guy here is 666 is his name. Six is the number for man, three, the number for God, and God, guy declaring himself to be God. And in John 3, it says that Jesus is the guy from heaven. Uh, Revelation 11 says that this is the guy from the bottomless pit. <laughs> Jesus said he came to do his father's will. Daniel says this guy's doing his own will. Jesus is energized by the spirit, according to Luke. And Revelation 13 says that this guy's energized by Satan. Jesus is submitted to God. This guy defies God. Jesus humbles himself. This guy exalts himself. Jesus cleanses the temple. This guy defiles the temple. Jesus is received into heaven. This guy goes to the bottomless pit. So as it was in the days of Noah, and we need to be aware, who's the wise and faithful servant whom the master's put in charge of his household to give them food in the proper time, Jesus said. It'll be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. I don't know what went on there. <laughs> My camera is messing up. But stay faithful. Stay faithful. Keep your eyes open. We like to say, keep your eyes to the sky. Keep your feet on the ground and keep your heart with people. So uh, we're living in a time where it seems like everything could just fall into place. Everything could happen. Uh, looking for Jesus. So 2021, what are we going to do? We're just going to warn people, man, flee from the wrath to come. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And there's hope, you know, with everything that's happening in the world, everything that's moving so fast, moving so rapidly. You know, you can see where, you know, the world is moving to this uh, cashless, checklist society where, you know, you just won't use or need any of that, where, all of the economies of the world can be controlled very easily, um, you know, by one person, one system, right on top of it, right on top of it. So let's make 2021 a, a time of winning our friends and family to Christ. Let's uh, make 2021 a, a time where we see loads of people come to Christ. Who knows what's going on? You know, I haven't cut my hair since COVID. You know, the first COVID case was actually uh, discovered in. Uh, they say in December of 2019. And it was in uh, the end of February that uh, Trump had stopped travel from China. And I believe it was around March 15th. And maybe you remember this, uh, it was Trump Pence. Um, they had done 15 days, that's what they were calling it, 15 days to flatten the curve, 15 days. You know, and now it's been a long time. I mean, there's the, there's the there's the timeline. It's been a long time. You know, who knows what's going on? Um, but we do know that you know, COVID is uh, 
COVID's changed a lot of things. Certainly changed some science, right, in vaccinations and how fast things can get done. And, uh, you know, it's definitely changing the way we do business. It's, it's changing an awful lot of things. It's changing the way people view the world. Uh, some people say, you know, there'll be no new normal. I don't know. Uh, for me, and I think for us, you know, we belong to Jesus. So, you know, rich, poor, slave, free, wherever we, wherever we are, wherever we live, you know, our, our great hope is that Jesus is coming back. You know, and some of us have great lives now, but our great hope is that, you know, he's, uh, he's coming back. So, uh, Lord, um, we pray and we pray for this year and we pray that you would use us in this year. We pray it'd be an amazing year, Lord, as we see people every single week come to Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, help us invite our friends, help us invite our neighbors, help us invite our, um, our family, uh, co-workers, Lord, to, to meetings, to Bible studies, to uh, online studies. Lord, we just want to see many, many people come to know you. And Lord, we're safe and secure with you no matter what's going on. And we know that we know where the world is going and we know the kinds of things that are going to happen. So we're keeping our eyes open to take a look at it. But Lord, we trust you. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May, may you understand that you're safe in his arms. There's no safer place to be than in the arms of Jesus. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace and grace. Hey, so uh, this is going to be a great year. So start praying for people that don't know Jesus. And um, we're going to see a lot of people come to Christ. And we're going to partner together to see that happen. I love you guys. Um, Watch your emails. Uh, <laughs> try to figure out what's going on. Bless you. Love you. Bye.